Warning, the following podcast contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Every person thinks that they would never succumb to the addictions that litter this world. None of us realize just how easy it is to fall into the trap of addiction. We assume it would never seduce us, never impact us, never kill us. But we'd be wrong, deadly wrong. The following are the true accounts of just a small percentage of people who struggle with addiction issues. We are honored to share their stories. Welcome. 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 Welcome to Addicted. Welcome back to another episode on Addicted. On this episode, I have somebody who I found scouring the internet and I reached out to her and she was kind enough to, to, to get back to me. And so here we are. I'd like to introduce Missy. Missy, welcome to Addicted. Why don't you introduce yourself, your platform, and tell me a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Melissa. Um, my platform is TikTok. Um, username Lovebug eighty nine oh nine. I am a recovering meth addict. I've been clean almost five years. My sober birthday is April seventh, two thousand seventeen. So that's coming up pretty soon. Happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's been a long, hard road. So what was your first exposure with drugs and and or alcohol? Like, did you have any substance abuse problems like when you were younger or did this come into your life later on? Um, Not when I was younger. Um, I smoked marijuana uh, when I was younger. I started about 14 years old, Um, but I didn't actually get into the hard drugs until after I was a little bit older and had lost custody of my kids. But that's a whole nother story. Um, Yeah, my first. My first bout with drugs was when I started using meth. And why meth? Why was there no buildup? Did you kind of have an influence around you? No. Um, originally, I had been looking for cocaine. Um, I, I had, you know, had the curiosity about it. Um, I was just looking for something to numb my pain. And I had actually went on Craigslist and I was trying to find some sort of drug. And I ended up finding meth. Um, the guy that got a hold of me, he was actually a manager of a halfway house. And he had taken me back there. And that's, yeah, that's where I started. Well, first two things is, wow, Craigslist. But the more shocking part about that is, is you're telling me that you were sold drugs by somebody who ran a halfway house for people to stay clean in? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was doing it and he was bad on it. I mean, was, did he become your dealer or was that something that you just, that one time thing? No, it was just a one time thing with him. Um, yeah, he, he offered to use with me and I accepted and I never seen the guy after that though. I only seen him the one time that I used. Wow. How long did you use for? I used for two years. So what was the point where you were like, damn, I need to get myself clean? I think the point when I needed knew I needed to get clean was when I had met my fiance. I had met him through a mutual friend. Um, 
And I was telling him, you know, man, I want to see my kids again. I want to be a mom again. I want all that back. And he told me, he said, you know, you can't see your kids while you're using, you have to get clean. And that was the point where I realized, you know, I need to get clean. I need to get my stuff together. I was homeless. Basically, my parents were telling me I would have nowhere to go unless I got clean. So I just, I ended up getting a job and I ended up getting clean. Was your family a part of your life during your addiction or had they had cut you off? Yeah, they were still a part of my life. Um, My mom tried to cut me off, but she'd still keep feeding me. She'd still keep letting me stay the night if I needed to. But they, they definitely knew something was going on. Were you able to get your kids back after you got clean? Um, no, I was not able to get my kids back, but I do see them every day. Um, I see my oldest, um, every couple weekends and I see the other two, the other three every single day. So are you working towards getting them back? Like how, what's that road look like for you? So with the two, um, middle children, my sister already has like full adoption of them. Um, so I don't plan on trying to get them back. I guess as soon as I get more on my feet, I'm going to have my youngest back, but, uh, my oldest, his dad has custody of him. He's had custody of him since he was about six months old. What kind of resources did you use when you finally did decide to get sober? Did you go to like NA or was it like a, a halfway house or like what did, what resources did you use? Actually, surprisingly, I didn't do any rehab. Um, I didn't do any resources. I mostly just engulfed myself in work and family and stayed away from the people that were using. And that's what helped me to get clean. Um, haven't had any relapses so far, so I guess it worked pretty good. Well, congratulations on not having any relapses. That's definitely, I think you're an an anomaly, right? It's, you don't hear of very many people being able to keep themselves sober like that. Yeah, it's, it was hard, but with the love of my fiance, the love of my family, seeing my kids again, it, it, it definitely kept me on track. Family, family is powerful and love is powerful and love can overcome a lot of things. Do you think about potentially like going and doing something like, you know, like meetings or something to try to reinforce your sobriety? Or is it something that you're you're just going to continue to do on your own? I guess if the chance arised, I would. But I think I'm doing pretty good on my own. Um, My fiance keeps me grounded. My family keeps me grounded. And I know exactly what I have to lose if I use again. And I think that's definitely enough motivation for me. Do you still get urges or cravings to use every day? Yeah, I do. Um, Not every day, but every once in a while I do get the cravings. But I have gained the tools and like the mental uh, capabilities to overcome those urges. Well, I mean, that's, that's amazing that you're, you're able to, to do it on your own. I'm still, I'm very much impressed. I've talked to many different people, you know, through doing this and a lot of people are going to meetings and doing certain things. And and for some people like you, it, it works to just be able to do it on your own. And it's a testament to your willpower. And, and I'm just, I'm impressed. Thank you. Like what's a regret of yours? from using like something that really you're just like, damn, I shouldn't have done that. I think definitely the fact, um, of how bad I hurt my family. Um, I had, I had a really bad stealing problem when I was using, I would steal anything and everything from anybody, even my own parents. I, it got to the point where I couldn't even go into my own parents' house without my mom padlocking the doors and the closets and the cabinets, everything, everything was padlocked. The second that I walked in that house, it was just padlocked. And I think it actually traumatized my mom because to this day, she still keeps her drawers and everything padlocked. What does that make you feel like? 
it makes me feel bad, but I understand. Um, it doesn't upset me. It's if that's what makes her feel comfortable, then that's what, you know, is okay. So you said you've been sober for five years now, right? Yep. Five years on April 7th, which when the, by the time this goes out, your five years will already be passed. So that's huge. But if there's something, some kind of advice, some kind of like, for like i don't know words of wisdom that you could give to somebody else pass to somebody else to help them stay sober what would that be i guess my word of advice would be to never give up never stop striving for what you're going for being sober is amazing and anything worth fighting for is never easy and everybody's life is worth fighting for that's one thing you got to remember you're worth that you're worth fighting for and what's something that if you could tell like just a random stranger who may be judgmental towards addicts that what would you tell them to to try to open their eyes to not be judgmental towards that person? I would definitely tell them that anything it can happen to anybody. Anybody can become an addict. Even even they can become an addict. It's just some people had a little bit harder life than the others. You don't you don't judge somebody based on the bad mistakes they make. You judge them on the ways that they try to fix those mistakes. Right. And that's the that's the problem is I think a lot of people are just very judgmental and they don't understand it. And drugs are kind of still taboo in a sense. And so it it like alcohol it in my opinion, is one of the worst ones out there and it's legal, but it's socially acceptable. So it's not frowned upon as much, you know? Uh, so that's the, that's the whole point of this, right? Is to try to break the stigma around addiction and addicts. Are people still judgmental of you now after the fact, besides, like besides your mom, what about like the general public and stuff like that? Do they still look at you weird? No, I guess just the main thing is they still, question whether I'm using or not because I'm a petite person. Like I'm really, really, really skinny. So I think that kind of throws them off guard, but. Right. And that's, I, I, I see your comment section sometimes and they're like, there's no way you're sober. And it, and it discouraged me. That makes me sad for, for you that you have to see that, but you know, that people are, are, are mean like that to you when they don't even understand where you're coming from. You know what I mean? Well, Melissa, thanks for coming on. I know this was a short one, but your your story is nothing short of incredible. If you have anything you want to say, you know, by all means, say it. I I would love to to hear anything that you have to say on this. I just want to let everybody that's having a hard time with addiction know that you can do it. If I can go from being a homeless meth addict with no job, no trust in my family to having a full-time job, becoming a manager and staying clean five years, anybody can do it. Never give up. You can do it. And where can they find your, your videos at? So they can find me on TikTok, um, lovebug8909. And how often do you post content? I try to post every day. If I can't post every day, I try to post at least every other day. How's your how's your reception been as far with other addicts on TikTok? Do they do they ever reach out to you and for, ask for advice and stuff like that? All the time, uh, I get I get a lot of messages asking me for advice, congratulating me, telling me that I give them hope and I'm an inspiration, and I really do appreciate that. That has to feel good though, right? Like to be able to know that you are you're helping somebody or giving somebody hope. It does, because I didn't think that my story mattered that much. I thought I was just one in a million people. 
Well, Melissa, again, thanks for coming on. And I want to say congratulations on five fucking years, man. That's, that's, uh, that's nothing short of incredible. That's a huge accomplishment. And from the bottom of my heart, I know you don't know me from Adam, but I'm proud of you. I I'm amazed by you. Your story is, is, is incredible. Your willpower is impressive. And I can't wait to see more and more content posted by you. And you definitely need to go check out Melissa. She definitely posts inspirational content and it's worth checking out. So Melissa, thanks for coming on and I hope you have a good day. Thank you so much. We leave you now with this episode of Addicted. Just remember that there are many people out there who are struggling with addiction issues. And for every one person who finds sobriety, there are millions out there who haven't overcome this demon we know as addiction. Thank you for listening to Addicted.